We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And now, KC Johnson. Kobe White pull up three over Karis LeVert and nails it. Insider for NBC Sports Chicago. Give me that Covering everything from the dynasty to Derek to Demar, KC Johnson. I've covered the NBA for a long time. With Mully and Haw. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. Always like talking to our friend KC Johnson, and he joins us, as all guests do, on the score hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book kc how are you good morning guys how you doing i gotta tell you we have been uh we've been talking about how dreadful it's been to watch the bulls of late and the six game losing streak coincided as it did with uh, no movement at the trade deadline and and now you're kind of left waiting for a miracle to come out of the buyout market and even that's you know we were talking about this morning Maybe we should start cheering for a top four pick, and then they don't have to give it to Orlando. Yeah, I, I wrote that column last night. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen given uh, what Arturis said, uh, not only in his preseason comments to us on media day, but then doubling down on that in the wake of uh, the trade deadline the night that night in Brooklyn. You know, he said he still expects to be in the playoffs. I asked Billy Donovan. Uh, you know, if that's where his focus remains um, post game last night, he obviously said the same. Um, obviously, players are going to say that. I mean, Zach said that as well. Um, so that's that's where we're at. I mean, they're they're chasing the play in spot. They're two games outside of it uh, in a year where their first round pick is going to Orlando unless it finishes in the top four. As of right now, they have the seventh worst record of the league and a 32% chance to um, to keep their top four pick via the draft lottery. So it's an interesting debate for sure. But like I said, the, the organization is publicly on record as saying it's, it's not going to, it's not going to do that. So we're going to see that play in race uh, down the stretch here after the all server. A 32% chance of getting a top four pick based on where they are now and the 24 games to go. I, there are a lot of executives in in professional sports that would look at that as an opportunity, Casey, rather than something that would prevent them from uh, – that's just the world we live in. I hate it. I don't like it. And, but we have seen teams in town do that. I wonder, does that change, do you think, if they come out of the All-Star break flat and they lose – could this be some uh, a strategy that is reconsidered if things don't change? I'd be surprised, and, and obviously – Obviously, you know, um, 
professional sports are a fluid thing, but I, I personally would be surprised given what they've stated publicly, what they've invested in this team, what they didn't do at the trade deadline, and the fact that they're, you know, involved in, in the um, in the buyout market as of right now. So, uh, yeah, could it change? Yeah. Am I expecting it to? Probably not. You know, I, I, it was funny, um, and I don't know if, if everyone found it funny, but there was a story about um, about the Miami uh, Heat in Russell uh, Westbrook, and it said that uh, the the Heat had received concerning feedback about Russell Westbrook, and we, and we kind of laughed at that. Like, doesn't everybody know all the concerning feedback about is that is that breaking news? And and it just seems like they're they've decided to go to the the front court. They're going to look at uh, Kevin Love if he's available and Serge Ibaka. Um, they're not going to bother with a guard. I. I just laughed at the idea that, you know, oh, well, hey, listen, we heard something. There's apparently been some issues. Like, I mean, it, 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 I think we all know all those stories, right? Is there yeah. anything other than that that would give you a pause? I, I'm not aware. And I, I would also just say this, and I'm not, I'm not railing on, on you guys or the concept of Russell Russell. I just personally think there's been too much attention placed on this story. It, it's a buyout market. It's, it's a guy that's going to come yeah. in. I, I understand it, um, but like you know, obviously a big part of my job is monitoring social media. Unfortunately, and like like the um, the minutia, you know, yesterday there's a report. Oh well, the Clippers officials are talking about what's the rest book, and that's like a big report now. It's like you know, it, it, it's not like this breathless. You know, every little nuance of the story needs to be covered. He's either going to come here or he's not, and if he's not, another veteran guard is probably going to come here and. Whoever comes here, if anybody even does come here, is not going to change this season dramatically. I mean, I shouldn't say that last part. I, I guess things can happen. But, we, you know, we watched last season, Tristan Thompson. There was obviously some additional buzz and excitement over that. He was just a guy. Yeah. Um, and certainly Russell Westbrook is a future Hall of Famer who has a much um, louder pedigree and resume than, <laughs> than Tristan Thompson. Um, so it's there's so the diplomatic. For, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I call it professional. You call it diplomatic. Okay. <laughs> but, anyway, um, you know, he certainly has a louder pedigree and resume than Tristan Thompson. So he has a potential to be more impactful, but it's, it, to me, it's just, I get it, but it's, I'm, I'm a little over it. Just add a guy or, or, or don't. <laughs> I, I think Casey, it speaks to the level of desperation yes. that the bulls find themselves in because it's remarkable to me. We were discussing this at the break. A year ago at the All-Star break, the Bulls were the number one seed at, in the Eastern Conference. And here we are the, the, a year later. They right. had the seventh worst record. H- how did this happen? I, I think that's the that's the story that people can't get their arms around. How did this happen so fast? Yeah, and, and you know, that's the that's it right there. And Zach Levine, I thought, was pretty eloquent postgame last night about that. I mean, he pointed, you know, as we have all at different times, to this starting to fray, you know, after that all-star break last season. I mean, I wrote a story I, I haven't looked at over the last couple of games, but going into a couple of games ago, dating back when they had 25 games left, now they have 23. They were uh, 36 and 46 over their previous 10 games. Um, and they um, are on pace to win, you know, 36 games this season. This is, this is a 36-win team over an 82-game stretch and also projected to be a 36-win team over this 82 game stretch so um 
I've, you should go read Zach's co- comments um, in my column at NBCSportsChicago.com. I mean, he was pretty frank about just the reality of where this team is, how far away they are. He talked about how the offense isn't working. It's the second time he's, you know, kind of talked about that. The other time being in my Q&A with him where he talked about his role in the offense. So it's, uh, you know, Lonzo's a big part of it. Uh, you, I will not ever not acknowledge that, but it, it's obviously deeper than that and pretty troubling. Yeah, I, I you know, look, it, it, the other issue is you got to figure out what happens with Vooch? Are you extending him? Are you keeping him? I mean, he's running out of contract. I know DeMar DeRozan has another year left, but, you know, let's say you do make a play-in. You, you're not going to have a draft pick, and you're not going to have a lot of money, and you're going to have to figure out what you do. Yeah, and the, and the Vooch thing, Molly, I, I want to I say this. If you look at his comments, and I'm not saying this critically of him, but he's been all over the place when he talks about free agency. I mean, he said, like, I'd be open to extension. I want to – he said, I'm happy here. He, talk about diplomatic. I mean, I know you're joking, David, but, like, he, he's been all over the place. Like, oh, I'm happy here. I, I, I'd love to – I'd be open to extension if it happens. But earlier this season he talked to me about how he's made a lot of money in his career. He's not just going to prioritize money. It's got to be fit and where the franchise is. So, I mean, I've said this many times. The Bulls are in a position, particularly after not having, you know, traded them before the deadline. Given what they gave up to acquire, they're going to have to throw a pretty significant salary at them. And even then, I personally will not be surprised if there is a nice fit for Vooch out there that that he could walk for nothing. I mean, he's an unrestricted free agent. All he has to do is turn down that extension and then they're unrestricted free agency. Now, yep. it's his agent's job to obviously go that market and obviously doing doing canvassing the league and, and pre-planning for that. So I'm not saying that's for sure going to happen. I'm just saying you got to consider that possibility. So you couple Vooch's uncertainty with the lack of draft capital. Um, if they are not able to keep that pick in the top four and um, you're going to need to see a management team get really creative this off season as you know, our tourists reminded us that he did. Um, the year that they did the sign and trades for Alonzo and DeMar and, and signed Alex with the mid-level exception. So stay tuned. It's going to be a busy offseason. Casey, Zach Levine told you at NBCSportsChicago.com, quote, something isn't working, obviously. Some games were really good. Some games were bad. Once again, it's that consistency factor of figuring out what our identity is and going to do each game. Even if guys are in and out of the lineup, you see teams that have consistency with what they do. They have an identity. That's something we're still trying to to figure out these last couple years. We changed our offense a little bit this year from last year, but it's no excuse for the type of talent that we have on this team. That is very candid. That is very honest. It also, like it or not, that's pointing, when, when you talk about what's going wrong, it's, it goes back to the coach. I don't, I'm a big Billy Donovan guy, but he's talking about the coach not being able to get through. If there's enough talent there and things aren't working and there's no identity with 23 games left to go, that points to the coach. Yeah, like I said, it was a pretty telling comment. And shout out to uh, your very own 670 scores, Cody Western, with the money question, getting the money quote in the scrum, as I told him last night. That was that was a great quote. Uh, so, uh you know where my mind went, guys, when Zach said that? It was funny because, you know, we obviously all had a lot of fun with TNT Bulls' win streak last night. They'd won 20 straight. 
regular season home games when playing on TNT dating back to 2013, their first chance in six years, the streak ends. And my mind went to Tom Thibodeau coach teams because, you know, Zach talked about even if guys are not allowed, there's an identity there. How many TNT Bulls games did guys like, you know, Nate Robinson win or, you know, um, DJ Augustine, you know, I mean, like just these role players who come in, plug and play guys, uh, identity set. How many games did they just, you know, win off the scrap heap, you know, in that era and in that TNT Bulls win streak? So that's where my mind went when Zach said that. It didn't necessarily go to where yours did, David, but it's a, it's a valid point. And like I said, I mean, it, it dovetails to me with what he said uh, when I talked to him uh, when we were in Cleveland about his role in the offense. I mean, you know, this is the 24th-ranked offense, guys. The 24th-ranked offense right. built around three offensive-minded players. It's amazing. I mean, this team has a top-10 defense. Imagine that, even without Lonzo. And that's where I would, you know, probably give the coaching staff a little bit of credit because Billy Donovan historically has had top-10 defenses wherever he's coached. And the fact they're doing that um, kind of where, with where, where they're at and who they've been playing I think is is a is a check mark on the positive side of Billy's ledger, but offensively it's not working, and it's it's you know leading to some poor basketball to watch too. So it's 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 a tough slog right now. They they're the they have the least three pointers in the league, and and we all know that they can't shoot the three, and it's a huge problem for them, and it's not going to go away. You know, if you, I don't know who you bring in that uh, is going to suddenly knock down a three out of all the. Names that have been mentioned is Kevin Love the best three pointer, three point shooter among all those guys, and and that's not anything that they would consider. I I just don't know how you can get better. It, it seems like there is a flaw in the way this team has been created, and that is they have no three point shooters. and And I go back to when when Pop was here last week or the week before and talked about what his team goes through when they, you know. Lead lead all these different statistical categories, but they can't make a three. Yeah, um, it's three point shooting, lack of three point shooting. It's um, you know a ceiling on this big three because if you've got an offensive minded uh, a core of your big three built around three offensive players, and you have the twenty fourth ranked offense, you know there's a disconnect there. So right. it's a lot of things they, they've got to figure out a lot. I you know I don't want to give a crutch or excuse, but I will say, you know, I've only mentioned Lonzo once. I need to mention him again. That is, you know, that's a huge loss to this vision. We saw you guys mentioned them being number one at the All-Star break last year. We saw what Lonzo does in this vision. And it's amazing that this franchise is experiencing this for the second time after what it went through with Derrick Rose. Um, because, you know, uh, it, on one hand, it, a team shouldn't be so reliant on one player. On the other hand, that one player was something special to watch for those 35 games. And you just hope he's back uh, next season. Cause I'm assuming that coming out of the all-star break, you know, it's a, it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to be rolled out for the rest of the season at this point. Casey, what is your grizzled beat writers opinion of two guys? We haven't seen a lot of, but we did last night, Dalen Terry, the rookie and Carly Jones, the windy city bulls, 35 point a night guy he's not 35 point a night but he did get 35 earlier this week and then last night got a little extended action yeah Carlique, uh i gotta say you know what game you don't want to say it's, it's done but i was a little disappointed because I, I i actually was excited 
for his opportunity because like I, I he seemed like a not afraid of the moment kind of guy. And he didn't shoot it well. He was okay running the team, but he he didn't really stand out to me. Dalen stood out to me. That's two out of three games where he's made you notice, and it's not even so much that he finally made some shots. It was the activity around the ball. Uh, past the seven rebounds and six assists, because obviously some of that kind of came in garbage time or, or what have you. He just was constantly around the ball, digging in for balls. He, he has a knack for the ball, both on the offensive boards. He had five offensive boards. And also just like deflections and digging in on, on loose balls and, and when he's guarded players bigger than him. So that activity stood out to me a little bit. He clearly needs to work on his jump shot. I mean, that's obvious. So, um, but, you know, we'll see. It's a, He's a young kid, and we'll see where it goes. Does this okay? So there's 23 games left. It's Michael Jordan's birthday. Come on, let's put it all together. Um, no, I, but does the break? I mean, it can't hurt them. They haven't won a game, you know, since the the failure to get anything done at the trade deadline. And and you know, Casey, I, unless you were going to make some big move, the idea of like moving chairs on the Titanic doesn't make sense to me. I I don't know. You know, they couldn't get a good a good deal going, so they didn't do anything. So I'm not going to kill them, even if only, I guess, Cleveland, the only other team. But they haven't won since then. What does this break, what does this do for them? Does this re-energize them? Does it give them a chance to heal up? Is is DeMar DeRozan going to play in the All-Star game? I mean, what, what happens on this break now? Yeah, in the short term, um, I do think it gives them a chance to heal up. You've got several rotational, important rotational players, and past tomorrow that are that are banged up so i mean guys like Derek jones jr alex caruso goran dragic um although I've, I've speculated and it's informed speculation that his future is in question given where their focus is on the buyout market um it gives those guys a chance to heal up tomorrow obviously is the biggest one as of now he does play on the play i mean those aren't exactly taxing minutes in an all-star game i mean zach played 12 minutes last year when he was going through his knee issue um so I, I'd expect DeMar to be out there, and I'd expect DeMar to be back uh, Friday when they play Brooklyn coming out of the break. It's a mental recharge. It's a physical recharge. Um, it can maybe give them an initial bump, but, you know, they just gotta, they've just got got to play better. You, know, you mentioned the 23 games. Shout out to MJ. Um, you know, it, it's got to it's gotta, it's gotta change, and, or else, you know, uh, it, or else their draft lottery odds improve. So I guess that would be the worst thing. Quickly, Casey, what, why Dragic? Why would he be going somewhere else or not be a guy that you would want to keep if you are indeed making a run for the play-in spot? they got a 1,000 guards, and if they're bringing in a veteran point guard, that's the role that Dragic was signed to play. So, you know, it might be, might be something where he wants to uh, try something different as well. You know, speculation initially was on Tony Bradley just because he's, you know, 15th guy, but my my guess is if if they at this again I want to emphasize it's not for sure they're going to sign somebody in the buyout market but if they do it it's uh, Westbrook and John Wall a uh, Patrick Beverly and that's how I would rank the possibilities by the way um, uh, if it's one of those three guys I, my my eyes are going my eyes and focus are going to be on Dragic and, and what what happens with him KC great stuff great talking to you appreciate it thanks man. KC. Happy birthday, Michael. See you guys. <laughs> How about that? It's MJ's 60th birthday, and he's don he's donating $10 million. To the Make-A-Wish Foundation. To the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Tremendous gesture. The largest gift that foundation and, and organization has ever received. Are, 
will you give $10 million to someone when you turn? I, it just seems like you'd have to have Mike kind of coin. He's yeah, a billionaire. There's no doubt about it. But yeah. still, even though he has that kind of I, wealth, hey, God bless him. it's a tremendous I, I agree. gesture. It's a wonderful thing for to a great do. organization. No question about it. But uh, but he is 60 years old. Happy right? birthday, Michael Jordan. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6 7 to score. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. There's going to be fuss with Russ. Not to, I didn't mean to rhyme there. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. Fun to talk to KC. We got to talk about some of this bull stuff. I am flummoxed. I'm sorry, some of this Bulls stuff. stuff? Bulls stuff. Yes. Bulls dash 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 F stuff. Our Bulls hit with KC. Yes, exactly. One word. Mr. Professional or diplomatic, whatever word you choose, but he's always that. And he correctly points out in his story this morning on NBCSportsChicago.com, and he has watched the Bulls closer than anybody, and I trust his insight as much as anybody who analyzes this team. He points out that they do have the seventh worst record in the NBA. And he points out that and reminds everybody that if the Bulls are among the top, the worst four teams, or at least they have a top four draft pick, that is not a pick that goes to the Orlando Magic. Correct? That is what is – they keep that pick if it's in the top four. Hmm. Then you go to tankathon.com, which he reminded me of, and – Boy, I hate going to Tankathon.com. I know. I, but it's, I really it's resent unnecessary. it. necessary. Yeah, okay, I get it. Especially in Chicago. All right, especially in Chicago. Yeah. The Bulls right now are seventh, as I said. Okay. Seventh worst record. They have a 32% chance of being in the top four. 32% chance of finishing with a bad enough record to keep that pick and draft in the top four. unlikely that will happen. Okay. If you're wondering, 7.5% of having the number one overall, when it was less than that, I think, when they got the Derrick Rose pick. But anyway, 32% top four keeping the pick. Let me ask you this. That sounds pretty remote. But do they have a 32% chance of winning a playoff series? Hmm. If that is what you're weighing it against. and I Can you get to a playoff series? Again, you, you'd as, have to get there to to win one. No, do you as, have a thirty two percent chance? The tenth seed, you would have to win two games. What's that series. worth? What do you mean? What's it worth? A play in spot? A, a priceless? <laughs> no, it's not. It not with this team. 
not with a team that is full of veterans okay. that are underachieving and having okay. an identity crisis, apparently, they'd according to, to Zach the, Levine. They'd have to miss the play-in and the playoffs in order to get in the lottery. Exactly. And then the odds are, as you said, not in their favor that they'd wind. Basically, they'd give Orlando the fifth or sixth pick is what you're Well, though me. the odds be great or small. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I don't want to make the argument that the Bulls with 23 games left to go would be better off probably for the future of their franchise of not trying to win because I hate those arguments. But if you're asking me if they have if 32% represents their chance of finishing in the top four, I don't think they have the, that good of a shot at winning a playoff series. So if that is your end game, uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to cause a big argument here, but I hate that you use the term left to go. 23 games left to go. I hear that all the time on broadcast. It should be 23 games left or 23 <laughs> games to go. I love that you just corrected me on that. I just it's, I am it's very just, much a stickler as it, much as you, not as much as you. It not, makes not my as much ears as bleed when okay, I hear that I on a broadcast. I've mentioned uh, that You know what? They have 23 games remain, remaining. Thank you. There we go. Perfect. Because I will edit myself in real time. There you go. 23 games remaining. To me, they're not going anywhere fast. No, they're, they're going nowhere fast. They're going in circles. Yeah, they are. So, last night we heard from Zach Levine, and this is the quote that I read, but it's more powerful when you hear it from Zach himself, and Casey used it in his story. Zach Levine, post-game, talked about the identity crisis that the Bulls offensively find themselves in after yet another loss. They're six straight. Brandon, do we have this Zach Levine quote from post-game last night? Brandon, the Zach Levine quote from post-game last night. I mean, something isn't working, obviously. Um, it's, you know, some games were really good, some days were bad, and it's that, that's once again the consistency factor of, you know, figuring out what our identity is and what we're going to each and every game. Um, even if guys are in and out of the lineup, you see some teams that have um, consistency with what they do, they have an identity. I think that's something that we, you know, we're still trying to figure out in these last couple of years. Obviously, we changed our offense a little bit last year, or this, this year from last year, but it's no excuse with the type of talent that we have on the team. That's that's an incredible comment. Last couple years? The, he, Last couple years? You don't know your identity as an offense for a couple of years? And now? you're 59 games into the season. Yeah. So who does that indict? Well, that indicts the coach. It does, doesn't it? But I don't think it's fair to indict him entirely because I think that they're a flawed roster without any three-point shooting, and that's one of the problems that they have. Your identity is that your offense doesn't flow freely, exactly. and you have uh, DeMar DeRozan in the center of that, the king of the mid-range game. You have a lot of reasons for that. You don't have a three-point shooter on the team that you trust to, to space things out offensively. So maybe you are in the midst of an identity crisis, but it's, it's one thing for us to say it. It's another for the max contract guy to acknowledge it publicly, like Zach Levine did last night. I get it. But what he's doing is that whether he's intending to or not, and I don't think he's intending to, but all this, as much as I respect Billy Donovan, it falls at the feet of any coach. If you're not getting your team to establish an identity 59 games into a season and they're still asking questions about what the offense is and isn't. That's rough. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, this is classic blame game nonsense. This, to me is, you know, he's speaking frankly about where they're at, but what he's really doing is saying it's not my fault. I'm not the problem. 
And I I just wonder, like, Billy, has uh, the, the team turned on him earlier in the year? There's rumors that he and Billy aren't getting along great. Um, I, I just don't – I mean, I understand that he's being forthright. He's giving his opinion as he sees it. I just think people in glass houses need to keep their trap shut. And I think that Zach Levine is the $215 million player – and when a team underachieves, who do you go look at first? Him. Follow the money. Yeah. He's going to be here, though, longer than the coach. Uh, well. Unless they're able to move him in the offseason. Right. And do you think they're going to be able to move him given his contract, which I think will be viewed by some teams as an albatross? It's going to be difficult to unload a player with that kind of size, that sizable of a financial commitment, isn't it? It can be done. It's the NBA. These traits are or somewhat routine, it seems. But I just don't know if that is going to be as easy as it sounds. Plus, what do you – I don't know. When you talk about an identity crisis, yeah, that's fine to look at the Bulls against the Bucks and see this offense struggle. Now they're in the midst of a six-game losing streak. We see it on a nightly basis. But organizationally, I think that they are facing an off-season identity crisis because they have a lot of realities they're going to have to confront that they have just not done so to this point. DeMar DeRozan's not getting younger. Vooch is out the door, you, you assume. And Zach Levine is Mr. Max Contract. So, and you still have the, by the way, two more years on the hook for Lonzo Ball. There, there, like, there is absolutely no question as to what he's saying there. It's not like he misspoke or he blurted something out or whatever. He's he is taking a genuine shot at the coach beyond any misconstruing misconstruing what he said. I don't think you can li- listen to that and feel any way other than what he said is a direct shot at the coach. I think it is. Uh Again, intentional or not, but I, I think that this relationship, we'll find out a lot more about it probably after the fact than we're privy to now. These are these are two guys that are very strong personalities, uh, but it doesn't appear nothing's working. And when you're as disappointing as the Bulls are, you know, again, a year ago at the All-Star break, they were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. A year later, they are the, have the seventh worst record, and we're talking about you know, what it would take to get into the top four so they keep that pick. That's a remarkable and sudden descent. Well, I mean, a six-game losing streak will put all that on the table, right? When you when you start stacking losses in the way that they have, there is no other conclusion than to wonder about, well, let's take a look at what would happen if they – and again, I don't think they're tanking. I think they're trying to win. I do too. I, I'm not suggesting that. No, I, I'm wondering I out loud about. I'm saying that's the, how bad they are. That's they've how bad lost they've six gotten. games in a row without, with, while trying Mo, to win. Molly, it was a week ago on Friday morning that we had AK on the program. You right. were gone. Right. Dan Weeder was here, and he was stunning in the fact that he was selling the idea of, well, there were however many games to go at that point, 27, I think it was, and they're going to be a big 27 game sample size and then they'll decide they haven't won since I know. they haven't won since february 6th this is a team that is spiraling out of control yeah. now yeah all right we're gonna we're gonna shift gears again we're gonna talk some uh some college sports 
with Brian Hamilton. We'll do that next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Go Cats! I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really care. You know, I mean, I think it's all subjective. It's fine. I mean, we're the same people that would rank us would be the same people that picked us last in the league. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, that is the voice of Chris Collins talking. Uh, when asked about uh, how he feels about being ranked, and they had a couple big wins in a row, and we're delighted to welcome in Brian Hamilton. He writes college basketball for The Athletic. Brian, good morning. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Doing well. We are living the dream, and so are the cats. I mean, right. good God. It, I mean, a year ago, we wondered if uh, if if uh, Chris Collins could be in trouble, and, and he got the dreaded vote of confidence. And now here, lo and behold, it looks like another trip to the tournament. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, he was in trouble. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't any, there wasn't any look like about it. Okay. Um, I think that if his old boss was still in the position um, and not running a conference, we might not be having this conversation. Um, but I, when you have a new athletics director that came in, wanted to give him a little bit more time to sort of prove himself, um, maybe a little more time to evaluate Chris as a coach, you know, you're going to have a little more patience, um, maybe ironically, because this, this is a new AD who comes in and doesn't want his own guy in the position immediately, but they fixed it. You know, I, and I think that when you look at the losses of Pete Nance, Ryan Young, uh, North Carolina and Duke respectively, all of us thought those are big losses. That Those are veteran guys that you would want to compete in the Big Ten I don't think they could be playing like they're playing right now if those two guys were still around. So we can sort of get into the gray area of are they happy they're gone or how they wish they stayed, but I don't think you're going to get the defensive buy-in. I don't think they could put in the scheme they have defensively, which is how they've gotten to where they've gotten with those two guys around. So, I mean, it's, it's been a remarkable, remarkable turnaround in, in just a matter of months. So, Brian, you know how Chicago works. We kind of ignore college basketball because of all the pro sports, and then around mid-February you start saying, well, wow, who's good? Who is it? And now Northwestern's good, and it's been a while. But how, why are they where they are? And who in the heck is Chase Audige and Boo Booey? Because those are the two names – that you're going to hear more frequently as the month progresses and into March, because those are the two guys carrying this team. Yeah, it's two simple reasons. One, they play really, really good connected defense, and they have old guards. Bubui and Chase Adige are old, experienced guards. Are they dynamic? Are they future NBA draft picks? No, they're not, um, unless something dramatically changes in their skill set and physical abilities, but. For college, for the Big Ten, having, you know, physical, gritty, committed old guards is a really good place to be, or at least a really good place to start. You saw the effect it had against Purdue the other day. I mean, they made Purdue's freshman guards look like freshmen for one of the first times all season. And that's because they were just able to get up on him, be physical, frustrate him. I'm sure Purdue fans would have liked to seen a few more fouls called, um, but that's what you do when you're an old guard. You try to frustrate the young guys. And then defensively, I mean, you look at it right now, I mean, they're a top 10 unit, top five unit efficiency-wise. They just, they're really aggressive on screen rolls. They double the post relentlessly. 
they try to make it really, really difficult and frustrating to score inside the three-point line. Like Chris told me the other day, sometimes that leaves them vulnerable to a hot shooting three-point team as they're scrambling around and trying to recover. He's willing to take that trade-off for guarding the paint a little more and just making it harder for teams to get easy buckets. It's, it's something they've worked on all summer. They brought in Chris Lowry, uh, Bruce Weber, disciple, former Southern Illinois head coach. He's really been a difference maker in, in sort of amping up the aggressiveness, getting that post-doubling defense put in. So really it's just a combination of you're older and you play really good defense. And that's basically going to keep you in most, if not all games. You know, we look at college basketball right now. It seems wide open. I mean, the Big 12 is. is obviously having a great year. Why is it so wide open? Why Why do you think this has evolved this way? Yeah, I think it's just cyclical. Um, I, I don't think there's any really one explanation, but you look at it, I think, the other day, the stat when the poll came out when Alabama lost was like it was the eighth number one team this year to lose. I think it's just one of those years where college basketball doesn't have a sort of monolithic dominant team. No one's going on an undefeated, obviously no one's going on an undefeated run. No one's head and shoulders above everybody else. And I don't think there's really any explanation for it other than that's just how it, how it happened in terms of how the team, I mean, you look at teams like Kentucky and Duke not having the best years, you know, Carolina may not even make the NCAA tournament. Same with Kentucky. You're seeing a lot of the old school blue blood powers struggle this year. Other programs have sort of hit their stride. Like I said, Alabama, I mean, I think Nate Oates has done exactly what they brought him in to do, which was to turn Alabama into a top five national program, and he's done that in short order. Um, Houston, Kelvin Samplin, Simpson has it running as well as he's ever had it run before. Um, it's just a matter of this is what happened in 2022-23. There's just a lot of really, really good teams um, no one dominant team. And I think you kind of have to be, it sounds cliche, but you kind of have to be on guard every night, which I think is going to make for a really, really interesting NCAA tournament. And in the Big Ten, I thought it was going to be Purdue. They now have lost two in a row after losing to Maryland last night, right. Ryan. And you look at Illinois, the other team we're going to have to pay a lot of attention to in the coming weeks. Uh, I've, Brad Underwood has worked the portal very well this year. They look like a tournament team, but how viable do you think they will be if they get into the, the big dance? They have to shoot it better. Um, you know, I was talking to another team official the other day, recently played Illinois, and, it, you know, to me, it looks like a team that has a lot of talent, but it's maybe not the most together group. And that's not to say there's, like, fractures behind the scenes anymore or, or they're coming apart. There are teams that just look a lot more connected that look a lot more committed one way or another. Now, Brad would probably disagree because of the way they're playing defense recently, and that's really stepped up. Um, so maybe they're making progress there. But I think ultimately it looks like a bunch of talented guys that, yeah, if they're playing like as one, as a unit, they could be really dangerous. Um, they're going to have to shoot it better. They've not been shooting it from three all that well lately. Um, I know they put up a lot of points the other day at Penn State in the loss, but they also gave up, you know, 40 to Jalen Pickett. I mean, one guy went 15 to 20 from the field. So there's a lot to work with with Illinois. It just doesn't seem to all connect and come together for a very long, extended period of time. And you don't have a mulligan in hey, March. Like if you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you have one mulligan in March, but not in the <laughs> tournament per se. Um, 
if you if you're not connected for one night, if you're if you're off for one night, you're done. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to see if Illinois can sort of quickly evolve into that team that's a lot more consistent or consistent at a high level than it has been. You know, it's extraordinary when you look at Purdue. You look at the Big Ten, and they've got a player who's seven foot four, and he's unstoppable. But he and he actually hits some free throws. He's not bad at the line, but they they don't seem to have the offense they should have. You know what I mean by that? Like they just don't seem like a high volume scoring team, but they have a player that how do you? I wouldn't even know where you'd begin stopping the tallest player in league history. Uh, you don't. <laughs> this is the answer. I mean, it's it, look. I and Molly, I've I've seen that kid hit threes in practice. Now he's never going to take them in a game, um, but they look like they would go in a lot when he takes them in practices. So, but there's no answer for Zach Eady. There's none. I mean, you can ask any coach. There's a million different things you can do to him, around him, just how you scheme your whole defensive approach for Purdue. But there is no stopping him he is going to get the ball he is going to get his shots off if he wants they're not really calling a ton of fouls on him this year i think he has more blocks than personal fouls he does seven foot four 285 pounder so he's unstoppable that that you kind of almost have to take that off the table and decide what you're going to do with purdue now I'm, i'm looking at it right now they're the 10th efficient offense in the country they were number one they were up there. So it has been a little bit of a drop-off lately. And I, and I told Chris the other day at practice, so Chris Collins, like, you may have unlocked a secret here. Like, get out a little bit more, pressure those guards a little bit more full court, which Northwestern did against Purdue and normally doesn't, hmm. put in a little bit of a press to get them out of their rhythm offensively. If you let them get in their rhythm offensively, you're done. So if you have guards you can get out, maybe disrupt them in three-quarter court, full court, get them off kilter a little bit. He might've created the blueprint that a lot of teams, if they can, might copy down the stretch. Purdue's got a really, really good offense. Matt Painter is a genius coach, but he does have some stuff to figure out because it obviously has been a little bit of a slide with the turnovers and overall efficiency lately. Brian, 30 seconds. Do you have a front runner at Notre Dame for the coach to replace Mike Bray? I said at the start, and I still think I would stick with it. I mean, I would put all my, you know, I put everything after Porter Moser and Micah Shrewsbury. I think those two guys are perfect fits for the job. I, I know Porter has sort of denied his interest. I don't believe it for a second. Um, I think Micah is gettable because he's coaching at Penn State, and you'd probably leave Penn State for an ACC job in this ACC. So those are those are my top two guys that I would go after, and 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 I would stay with that until you know Jack Swarbrick makes his final decision. Great stuff, Brian. Thanks a ton. Great catching up with you. Thanks, appreciate Brian. It. Good stuff. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Brian Hamilton from The Athletic. He's good. Porter. (laughs) Don't tell him that, David. Don't tell Porter. All right, we got Theo. Theo's going to join us next. Mully and Hawn score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. 
Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLV.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.